Reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to Preston Super Show. Here we are with a spectacular podcast today. We have 1923 Episode 3, The War Has Come Home Review. Then we're going to talk about somebody who's making headlines right now and not in a good way. And I'll discuss that a little bit. He goes by Andrew Tate. And I'm going to, you know, just talk to people a little bit about what's going on with that situation why you're seeing his name pop up in the headlines then we're going to round out the show talking about the nfl and who do you know is alive and well and on their way to an opportunity for a playoff berth the green bay packers folks it's real it's going down all here on preston's super show thank you for joining me And thank you for being a listener. 1923 episode 3, The War Has Come Home. The episode starts with Isabel May's voice. There's levity and an uplifting feeling to begin the show at the Dutton Ranch. The fella who survived the hanging gets a cameo. Nothing beats an early 1920s street in a rural town. Lively. You get a taste of people selling novelty items on the sidewalks. Jacob Dutton talks to the sheriff in town. And he meets an ally outside. However, we quickly learn he's being followed. And that will play out in this episode down the road. So to uh, sidestep that, two love stories are brewing here. One at home. One way out in the jungle. The show was half and half. Without spoiling too much of the details, the first half of this show is a lot of storytelling. And it almost felt as if we were in for a filler episode. You know, there's some great opportunities that were missed to build on Tiana Rainwater's story. Do the writers need help, you know, or something because I'm available? We need something to save this episode. What's that? An elephant crashes the honeymoon. That's right. Spencer Dutton out there in the jungle doing his thing. He's got the lady with him and, you know, uh, him and his hot babe cruising around, just having a happy go lucky time, holding hands, uh, the sunset, uh, the whole nine yards. And uh, that had to, something had to happen. We needed something. We had the lovey-dovey stuff. Yes, you've seen uh, the guy that almost got hung came back. He's told his all his other sheep herder friends. And the rivalry's picking up back at home with Jacob Dutton. Yes, it is. But when we're looking at it th- from this point of view, right, 
we're seeing Spencer Dunn and his love life brewing here. And uh, all of a sudden, that's going to come to a crashing halt. Now, I thought a couple things were funny. One thing I thought was really, really funny was that he only has one shirt. Like his shirt, just all sweaty, all nasty, all ripped. Like you went, you know, you were going out here. This is where you wanted to go. And you have one, you brought one shirt with you. I just, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying like this chick has all these clothes and she's dressed so nice and everything. And you brought one shirt. So, okay. Now, I just don't think it was that hard to pack more than one shirt. Even if you had only one other shirt. Because, like, the shirt is disgusting. It's the same shirt he had on the last episode. And I'm thinking, but she has all these clean clothes. It's not like she's, like, you know, being, you know, rugged with them. So, I thought that was really uh, just strange. Then focusing on that scene, right? So, he kills the elephant. Okay. Elephant's done. And, well, what's going to happen? Well, it's, you know, it's a jungle. It was the king of the jungle. Well, that's the lion. And what's the lions? You know, a big pack of lions. You know, they're just hanging out. And here they come. They're hungry. Of course they're hungry. A bunch of hungry lions in a jungle. Hanging out in the middle of nowhere. And what, what's what got to happen, right? Can't just be lions come and eat them. No, they got to get up in a tree and wait for help. They don't have a flare or anything like that. So they're kind of just out there, you know. They know when they don't come home, some people are going to come looking for them. Well, what happens? What happens? Here comes the lions, and it's a lot of them. They don't look happy. They look hungry. They're eating the elephant. All of a sudden, they're making noise. The lady's all scared in the tree. They're making too much noise. Guess what? The lions, they, they hear that. But before, what happens? Can't just be a bunch of hungry lions. Nope. Pack of wild animals come. Oh, yeah. Big pack. And guess what? They're hungry, too. Why are they hungry? Well, because they're just hanging out in the dust, hanging out in the jungle all day. Of course they're hungry. I'd be hungry too. So a battle has to happen. Well, he decides he's just going to take a shot. He's going to go ahead and just take a shot. Mine as well. So here all the animals run off, but they really are kind of just circling around. They're not gone yet. They're coming back to eat that elephant. They're not going to leave that elephant. That's a whole elephant. And the lion's got the first dibs, but the, those hyenas, that pack of wild animals, they don't care. They're coming back around. They're going to circle back on that. So I just thought that that was uh, like the height of the episode. Because yes, you do get a shootout at the end. And, you know, you do lose a main character in this show. It's very touching. Um. He goes out, uh, you know, on his own. He, he goes out, not on his own terms, but I guess in that era and in that area they were in, that would have been the closest thing to as real as it, it gets. The whole, the whole machine gun and all that, I think that was just, an extra thing they threw in there to try to just spice it up because like I said, the first half of the episode was mid, but it comes in at four stars out of five for this episode. I mean, that's fair. 
I can't give it a full five stars because I felt like that first 30 minutes were waiting for like anything cool to happen. So that was just too long. So I'm going to give that four stars because it definitely redeemed itself towards the end and really tried to make the five star list. I will give credit where it's due and say it really picked up at the end. My favorite character is going to be Kara Dutton. Uh, The show ends the way the first one begins. And uh, you're in for a new story. But I do feel like, and I want to say this, that in that first half of the show, two things really stand out. It's going to be hard to fit back in Tiana Rainwater's story now that seems like it's over so I don't know how they're going to work that in and the second part of that two prong approach to my thinking here you're really not worried about a second season or this getting picked up for a second season because you'll see through this episode after those first 30 minutes but then how it ends um yeah, I, I don't think you'll get a second season. So enjoy this one while it's rolling out. Because that, I think it's going to end up the same way 1883 did. That's my hot take on it. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this part of the show. In the 1923, episode 3, The War Comes Home Review. Be back after this. Thank you. So everybody's asking, everybody's running around town trying to figure out who Andrew Tate is. And this guy's been around for a while, man. He was born December 1st, 1986. Born as Emory Andrew Tate III in Washington, D.C. He was born in America, but after his parents divorced, his mother took him and his brother to England. And that's where he had his humble beginnings. He learned to play chess at the age of five, competed in adult tournaments as a child, and showed that he had a high IQ and that he had potential to do bigger things. He became a kickboxer, worked in TV advertising industry to support himself, and ended up becoming a very good kickboxer with 85 kickboxing fights under his belt, 76 wins, and 9 losses. He also fought mixed martial arts. Three fights, he had two wins and one loss in mixed martial arts. Now, then came a lot of controversy, right? He started doing a lot of different things, a lot of weird things even. He put out his own Bible. Not to mention, you know, merchandise, because everybody has their merchandise, but his own Bible. I thought that was very egotistic, in my opinion. Then he had run into a lot of problems with social media platforms being deplatformed, being taken off the platform completely on Twitter and Facebook, now known as Meta. Now, he had a back and forth with none other none other than Greta Thunberg. For some reason, look, probably looking for clout. And in their conversation, she ended up having one of the most liked tweets ever, uh, which 
She replied to him with uh, a fake email address saying smalldickenergy at getalife.com. So they had a good uh, back and forth on Twitter, but he wasted his time with that, in my opinion, and only ended up looking stupid. So what the news is right now, okay, is not all of these things he had or different scams he had set up. No, it's what he's calling uh, swatting, what he's calling an attack on him. And this is how it's laid out on April 11th. Okay, so back in April, the police raided two properties in Ilov County, Romania, including his mansion, after the U.S. Embassy alerted them that an American woman might be held at the property. So, do you know what swatting is first? Okay, swatting is a criminal harassment tactic of deceiving an emergency service into sending a police or emergency service response team to another person's address. So basically, there's two women that were found here. They're claiming to be held against their will, which sparks an investigation into human trafficking and rape by D uh, IICOT, the Directorate for Investigating Organized Crime and Terrorism in the Romanian government agency. So this is very serious now. And, you know, because it's an open case, my opinions are going to be very low profile. Unlike some people who are out there, you know, promoting witchcraft against this guy. And I'm saying, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty. So let's see how this rolls out and see how this plays out. Obviously, if you didn't, if you don't care about the law, you're not going to look at it, look at it that way. You're going to convict the man. The evidence is the evidence and that's what I always say so now that is what the justice system there has to sort out but we can speak about what has happened what has actually taken place okay so in 2016 he was a guest on the British reality show Big Brother okay Big Brother we all know the show here in America but the British reality show he came under scrutiny for some homophobic and racist comments on Twitter. Of course, Twitter gets everybody in trouble, right? So, there was a video apparently showing him hating a woman with a belt that caused him to be removed from the show after only six days. Now, here's what happened. Tate and the woman both said that they were friends and that the actions in the video were consensual. Okay. Weird, but okay. Now, he started offering a lot of training courses, you know, after he became a celebrity and uh, had a lot of success with kickboxing. And he accumulated a lot of wealth this way. Now, according to his website, he operated a webcam studio using his girlfriends as employees. Tate and his brother Tristan started this business, employing as many as 75 webcam models to sell fake sob stories to male callers claiming to have made millions of dollars off doing so. He later, he later said that the business model was a total scam. Uh, he operates, Andrew Tate, operates Hustlers University, a platform where members pay a monthly membership fee 
to receive instructions on topics such as drop shipping and cryptocurrency trading, which seems like a Ty Lopez type of deal to me. If you don't know who that is, look them up. This is just another marketing program. Okay. So these are internet celebrities. Yes, he does have a resume outside of the internet. And a lot of people don't, but he does. And there is a lot of talk and a lot of different things swirling around. But let me tell you where it gets a little creepy. Now, he moved from the United Kingdom to Romania in 2017. Claiming, this is a quote, 40% of the reason for his move was his belief that Romania would be less likely to investigate sexual assault cases. That's creepy. And it's, that's a, a toxic way of thinking. He was raised Christian and held membership in the Roman Romanian Orthodox church. Okay. So this is what happened with that. He basically claimed to give people in the church money because he wanted church friends and that's how he kept uh, his friends. Then there was a video of him praying at a mosque in Dubai that went viral this past October. And he went to Gitter, you know, the big conservative platform, freedom of speech and all that. And he went right to Gitter and said he converted to Islam. Told all the, the Bible thumpers on there that he converted to Islam is what he did. <laughs> this guy, man, I'm telling you, this guy, there's something, there's something off. So basically this is what's taking place now on December 30th, 2022, following the 24 hour detention D I I C O T asked the judge that the detention be extended. The court ascended to their request late on December 30th. And all four are being remained remanded in custody for a further 30 days. The tales have appealed. The Tates have appealed the detention, which will be ruled on the first week of 2023. So right now he is in custody. One of the four suspects is charged with rape and accused of emotional abuse, but was not named by the police. So that is where it stands. Now this has taken a turn for the worst for him. And God only knows what's going to happen now. Now I have the Fighting Illini game on. They're up against Mississippi State. Rest in peace to Mike Leach. But I'm rooting for the Fighting Illini today. I'm rooting for the home team. And right now it's 10 to 10, fourth quarter, four minutes, 34 seconds to go. And it'll be over and done with by the time we finish this segment. Talking about the NFL, painting the playoff picture for you. Now, I really want to get into this and be factual, so I have the playoff picture up here, and we can talk about this. Right now, if the playoff started right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are number one seed with a first-round bye. They're the only one that gets a bye. Number two, Buffalo Bills. 
Number three, Cincinnati Bengals. Number four, Jacksonville Jaguars. Number five, Los Angeles Chargers. Number six, Baltimore Ravens. Number seven, New England Patriots. What we're waiting on is the final week of football, right before the playoffs, and I will break down exactly how this will go for the AFC first. So for the American Football Conference, I'm going to break this down for everybody, okay? So you have the Buffalo Bills representing the AFC East. They have clinched. You have the Kansas City Chiefs from the AFC West. Okay, they have clinched. The Cincinnati Bengals have a playoff berth. The Baltimore Ravens have a playoff berth. And the Los Angeles Chargers have a playoff berth. Now, that gives us five, right? Seven total can make it from the AFC side. So here's how it can go. As of right now, Buffalo will clinch home field advantage and the first round by, which is only the first place can get, if they win and Kansas City loses this week, Buffalo plays Buffalo plays Cincinnati tonight. And they will have one game next week. Now, here's how this can happen, okay? And this is going into this next week here. Cincinnati Bengals to clinch the division, their North Division title. They have to win and Baltimore either has to lose or tie with who Baltimore plays. Cincinnati can tie and Baltimore lose and Cincinnati will still win the AFC North, okay? The Bengals play Buffalo tonight. They also have a game next week. Now, here's next week on Sunday. Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots, okay? Miami clinches with the, uh, the playoff berth with a win and a New York Jets loss or tie or Miami tie and New York Jets loss and Pittsburgh loss or tie. Got it? So we're clear. So now we will look at the NFC side of things where we have the Philadelphia Eagles have the playoff berth. The San Francisco 49ers have a playoff berth and have clinched the NFC West. The Minnesota Vikings have a playoff berth and they've clinched the NFC North. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a playoff berth and they've clinched the NFC South. The Dallas Cowboys have a playoff berth and the New York Giants have a playoff berth. The NFC East is yet to be decided. We will know who controls the NFC East, who has the division title after this week coming up, week 18. So here's the scenarios. Seattle Seahawks at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Detroit Lions at 8-8. Eight and, eight, and the Green Bay Packers are at 8-8. Eight and eight. All three of them are still in the hunt for the seventh seed in the wild card. Okay. So this is what it's looking like. For the Packers, it's clear as day. All they have to do is win and they're in. They control their destiny because Washington lost this week. So now they're in the driver's seat. They just have to beat Detroit and they win. Now, looking at the Eagles, who are up against the Giants this week, and we don't know if they're going to have a starting quarterback in there or not, I doubt they do play their starting quarterback. I'm doubting it. I'm doubting they play Jalen Hurts. I'm thinking they're going to go different, you know, just a little bit of let's protect him before the playoffs because we're in the playoffs already. Forget the division title. 
we'll try to win it with a backup. You know, not forget it, but let's not let's not risk the health of our, you know, potential MVP quarterback here and future quarterback of the franchise. So uh in the NFC East for the Philadelphia Eagles to claim it, they're going to need their 14th one of the year. Or Dallas is going to have to lose. And then the Eagles can also lose um, or tie and they'll, they'll clinch it. Now, if they want the first round by and the home field advantage in the, throughout the playoffs, not the first game, but the, throughout the playoffs, the Philadelphia Eagles need to win and Dallas needs to lose. And San Francisco also needs to lose. Um, so that's the scenario there. Now, you have the San Francisco 49ers, who really came on strong at the end of the year. <clears throat> but, folks, they they got a quarterback in there. He's like a third stringer. I mean, come on now. We're talking about the playoffs. I'm just saying. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I've said what I've had to say. So, you have the 49ers, 12-4, and four, going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Should be an easy win. Um, what they have to do is... San Francisco has to win and Philadelphia has to lose. And the 49ers would have a first round uh, bye, surprising enough. So that would be their scenario. So this is what's going to have to happen for the Dallas Cowboys 12-4 and four, to earn that home field advantage. They still have a path. Um, it's still available. They're up against the Washington Commanders. They're a team that's eliminated. But we'll be looking to play spoiler for real. And uh, they really messed up going back to Carson Wentz. You know, you took him out. You ruined his confidence. And you threw him back in there. It, it wasn't going to work. So that's sh- shame on the, the, the coaching staff for that one. So the NFC East division title is up for grabs, and Dallas can earn it with a win and a Philadelphia loss. Those two things have to happen. Now, to clinch the number one seed home field advantage in NFC's lone first round bye, Dallas has to win, Philadelphia has to lose, and San Francisco has to lose. So there's a lot that has to happen. For the Seahawks to get in, they have to win, and Green Bay would have to lose. Even if Seattle wins, if Green Bay wins, Green Bay is in. Seattle's out. So, for Detroit, they would actually have to win and have Seattle lose to get in. Those two things have to happen. Now, for the Green Bay Packers, like I said, they have the easiest path. And they really put on a a performance for the ages just this past week. Um, Just yesterday, but you know what I mean. And... I mean, they really, really not only called their shot on that game, they exposed the Vikings. They exposed the Vikings. And that, I'm going to say that is one of the most important things of the season to see. Is that all that hype behind Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you're dancing with the chains, are you, boy? Yeah, you're dancing with them chains, are you? Yeah, that that how'd that go? Yeah, you feel real cool now, don't you, buddy? All the taunting, all the Vikings fans ripping on the Packers fans. Well, it all just came right back around like a boomerang. Because that's how karma works. And it's working like that for the Bears fans, ain't it? Um, 
think the final no is you're going to get a great game between between Detroit and the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go, baby. We control our destiny now. We are in the driver's seat. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Preston Super Show. As always, I'm so blessed to have you as an audience. And the audience is growing. You'd be happy to know. The audience is growing. The numbers are growing. We're booming. We're taking over. And we're going to continue this success all through 2023. Thank you. And until next time, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night. God bless. Palms 37-4.